Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out BlueWirePods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Land Parties from the Las Vegas Review Journal. And this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. I am your host, Lucas Agan. Joining me, as always, is Ryan Smith. Ryan, how's it going today? Not bad. It's been a uh, it was a good weekend. Uh, pretty chill. Got some more uh, Final Fantasy in. Uh, obviously, some Overwatch. Uh, I'm I'm excited. There's some. Uh, there's definitely some big news. I know a lot of people are on uh, Valorant, so. Uh, there's been some discussion about their uh, anti-cheat and Vanguard, so I'm excited to talk about that. Um, and, and I mean, enough about me. Let's we've got a special guest today. We do, and and we're mixing things up. We're just gonna have him on for the entire episode to have some fun with him. We have Curry Shot with us. How are you doing today? I'm doing. I'm doing fantastic. You know, I'm enjoying uh, some Valorant myself. I'm one of the people on the hype train, and. Man, it is it is a very fun game. Enjoying my off time off the Overwatch League, and ooh, I couldn't be happier. If you guys don't know Curry Shot, uh, he is a, a coach for the LA Gladiators. Uh, he's just uh, returning not too long ago. They were over in South Korea. We're gonna get into it in in our interview uh, with him. But uh, first, you know, obviously, like you were saying, Valorant. Uh, you know, I, I had I had a chance to play it. I got a key again. And I kind of I, I kind of prefaced this. Uh, beforehand, I, I feel like Valorant, you have to have a certain play style and it's not really conducive to how I play. Uh, <laughs> again, I'm more of a casual scrub than anything. So I'm not, I'm, I don't, you know, play professionally. I see it's amazing what they can do, but as a casual player, I guess it's not really, uh, my play style. It feels too slow for me. Yeah. Um, you know, and and I know it, it feels more geared towards, say, like a, a CS:GO player, uh, Rainbow Six Siege, uh, even you know, like Search and Destroy or something like that. And I've always just been kind of a run and gun guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, it, it, it's fun, uh, Curry. I know that you uh, you got your hands on it. What are your thoughts? Well, I'm just gonna like say that uh, it's similar. I'm, I'm very similar, right? Um, so it is a very slow game and I just don't have the patience for it. So like sometimes, you know, I'll play with like uh, my friend Emong who does have like a CSGO background and then, you know, I'll, I'll buy a note and if you don't like the heavy machine gun and, you know, I'll just like, I'll, you know, I'll just run around a corner and be like, oh baby. And it's like suddenly, you know, I just like turn the corner, come out and then just five people shoot me. I'll be like, I hit him for 38, you know, like it's, it's just like, you know, that's just how I play too. So like I, I completely understand there. It's a very slow game. I play like a monkey, but like, you know, we, we get it done. Exactly. And it's fun. I mean, you know, it was cool because I was playing with uh, uh, with some friends and stuff like that as well. So just being able to I mean, communication is absolutely critical, uh, I feel like, in a game like that. So it's definitely a good multiplayer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. But there's been a bit of a controversy uh, here in regards to their anti-cheat. I spoke a little bit on this on the CFG Gamecast here the other day. 
uh, that just dropped today. Check it out. Selfless plug. Um, <laughs> um, and and essentially what this is within their anti-cheat, uh, it's Vanguard. And what they were doing was they were looking for, uh, you know, what's the best means in order to have an anti-cheat that is less susceptible for people to get around. I know in some cases, you know, if you boot up your cheat before you boot up the anti-cheat, it doesn't detect it, uh, things like that. Um, however, w- w- what they did was they basically uh, installed this uh, uh, this driver, this kernel uh, on, on an administrative level, on your zero level of, of your of your PC. Um, not only that, but it always runs. It runs when you're in the game. It runs when you're outside of the game. Um, which obviously is still going to be susceptible to hackers and that will potentially, you know, allow people to be able to get into, you know, basically anyone's machine that has this game running on it. Uh, I don't know if they have any plans or any kind of fixes in the work for this, uh, but I've definitely been seeing a lot about it on social media. Yeah. I mean, that, that definitely sounds like a uh, intrusive but uh, like I understand that, like you know, we've all played FPS games. There's always like hacks that just go through, and it's like it just kind of takes over, right? Um, and it makes the game really unfun. So like I understand like I guess the how serious they are about the the problem, but at the same time, I'm not sh- I'm not sure if that's like the correct course of action. But um, yeah, we we'll, we'll see how uh, how it goes. Like I even saw like I'm not sure about this like 100, percent so we might have to ha- uh, fact check this. But like um. I heard Riot's paying like a hundred dollars or something like that. Um, hundred thousand, hundred thousand, oh, hundred thousand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, hundred thousand um, for people who are like who can like hack the game, which is uh, yeah, that's that's a lot of dough. Yes, it is. You know, there's there's never really a simple solution, but from from your guys' perspective, do you do you have an idea? Do you, is there another way to do it that you guys would prefer as players? See. I don't know if there is another way because like if you think about it like for the last 20 years I think you know everyone's doing like everyone's doing like their own thing and like hacking is still very like rampant you know what I mean like it's just everywhere so like you like for instance in a game like Overwatch it's everywhere um you know I I I play in the high level games too right you know I play with some of my own players in in solo queue and um we always run into it we always run into it it's it's not something that's necessarily um new or something that's like limited it's just mm-hmm. like i don't know something that's like a constant problem well and i, and I think another i mean it, it's kind of interesting because when uh, originally too when they when this was brought up uh and and people saw like whoa whoa this seems kind of you know i, I felt like people were quick to say hey riot games is is trying to spy on you because uh, essentially it, it you know creates a, a front door into your PC. Uh, however, you also have to think uh, Tencent runs or Tencent owns uh, Riot Games, yeah. and uh, you know they've cooperated with their government and whatnot in in uh, uh, giving out data and stuff. So it, it's hard to you know they made a statement saying, "Hey, we're not gonna, we wouldn't do that. That's not our intentions." But I mean, you know, good intentions doesn't mean anything. To me, you know what I mean? It's about <laughs> how yeah. stuff is used. And, and, and that's a hard, uh, you know, it, it's hard for me to believe that someone couldn't convince you, hey, man, just give me that data. I'm a, I'm a, I need to do that. And, you know, and yeah. again, this maybe this is tin, tin foil stuff, but I feel like there's a legitimate concern within that. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's like tin foil stuff. Like it's a legit like thing. I mean, they literally can do whatever they want. They can say whatever they want, but they can do whatever they want. 
and we won't ever like know about it. So, I mean, yeah. So I don't want to call it like a tinfoil thing. It's it's literally just a possibility. I'd agree with that. I think we see privacy concerns coming to the forefront too many times for for us to be naive about that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be. I'm. You know. Again. I'm. 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 I hate to get on that, and I feel like the internet is so quick to jump to the worst possible scenario. Um, but there is actual legitimacy within this, so I'm curious to see how Riot Games, uh, you know, essentially responds to this. I know that there was a statement um, from the Vanguard, uh, the people from Vanguard, the security and and privacy team uh, here, and they basically, you know, they were mir- mirroring uh what riot was saying hey this is stuff that we've been doing for years we wouldn't compromise people's safety uh within within the uh the anti-cheat um so they basically you know showing the riot vanguard philosophy uh this and that so they're 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 mirroring what uh what riot is saying um but you know again it it's 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 a toss up on on whether a company is doing or does uh, what they say they're going to do. So again, I think this is another one of those situations because we know, man, like in the, in the past, like year and a half or so, uh, when Riot Games has been in the news, it's been fairly negative, uh, as far as the content within it. So, uh, they definitely, you know, I, I feel like, uh, with Valorant coming out and whatnot, them stepping their toes, uh, into some other genres and into some other games, um, you know, I think they can make a a a strong statement uh, as far as moving forward and how they move forward. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with that. Like, uh, you know, I do have a League of Legends uh, background, which um, before Overwatch, which is you know a Riot Games uh, game, and um, yeah, I, I feel like I guess they're leaving their footprint uh, really well. Like, they they can compete with like Blizzard. They're they're doing a really good job in like you know getting their name out there and potentially becoming the biggest uh, gaming company, online gaming company. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Bet Online still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day and all online. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet Online, your online wagering solution. Moving forward, we had uh, some reports here uh, just about um, Nevada opening up uh, sports betting. Uh, they opened it up to uh, some more. Uh, I think I believe it was um, three more events. I know there's the counter, the Counter Strike uh, Counter Strike Go CS:GO yep. event. I believe there was a Call of Duty event as well. It's interesting because we kind of call this, you know, beforehand, before we kind of got into this lockdown, as far as seeing, you know, people get innovative 
uh, about what the current situation is. Uh, there, it, it, they, everybody was basically forced uh, to live and be in this, you know, immerse themselves in this digital world where I feel like a lot of people uh, have been kind of resistant. I was myself for the longest time, not completely understanding the the power in it and, and being able to connect with people and in so many different ways. Uh, this was not a surprise to me. I, I feel like this was something that the, uh, the gaming board was already working on and working towards, and it just got pushed up the pipeline uh, because of the current situation. Yeah. I think uh, the esports betting thing is like interesting because um, I think people with, I guess, inside knowledge, uh, it's definitely a thing. Like uh, using Overwatch League as an example, not trying to give the juice. It's kind of public, kind of not. But like uh, Vancouver Titans, for instance, right? Um, last season they were like the second place team. You know, they mm-hmm. lost a shock in the finals. But like, if you know, if you look at them now, like their roster is stacked, they're absolutely stacked. But since they're imploding, like you know, management versus players and stuff like that. Like I believe they lost their last two games and they're looking very, very poor. And that's that's just a matter of like internal problems, right? But you would never bet against um the second place team versus let's say Chengdu Hunters, right? Which is like a twelfth mm-hmm. place team. You you would never do that. But like um yeah, it's it's just definitely like a possibility where people can make a lot of money um if they're really involved in the scene, you know? And um I think that goes uh that goes for every game, not just uh, Overwatch. Like League of Legends is the same thing. Um, Counter, uh, sorry, uh, CS:GO is the same thing, um, and Call of Duty, same thing, same exact thing. Yeah, you know, and what I find interesting is uh, clearly uh, the uptick. Uh, you know, does have to do with the other sports leagues being a hi- hiatus right now. Yeah. So I'm interested to see how many new esports fans come out of this, and once the competition kind of ramps up again, when they have more options to throw their betting dollars at. Uh, how many will choose esports first? Um, you know, you can you can bet on on some other things right now that are, are a little on the ridiculous side. Yeah. <laughs> that clearly, once we get a little more back to normal, those things are going to go off to the wayside. Yeah, and you know, I, I I'm just interested to see how many new esports fans are born of this, and and how how many stick around. And and I don't know, Curry, if you have any any oh. thoughts on. Absolutely. on what you're sensing from that angle oh yeah absolutely like um so i don't, I don't know if you guys uh watch uh, espn much but um before this uh cry this uh covid19 crisis right um basically there were esports still being played on espn or in espn2 right. and then if this was ever played then um you'd have a lot of people go why is this on here this is not a real sport and this people just mass complaining in social media about it being on uh, ESPN, right? And then now, you know, there's no sports on ESPN, and now there's a lot of esports on ESPN, um, or so I've heard with, you know, the racing one. iRacing? Yeah, yeah. And um, I guess a lot of people are becoming fans of this and um, other esports, right? Uh, they're like, actually, this is pretty interesting. So, um, you know, now that there's nothing else to watch <laughs> and they actually watch it, um, they, they I feel like they understand it a bit more. and um, yeah, I feel like there will be more uh, esports fans out of it. Um, so yeah, that's a good thing for sure. Is is there something that you think esports can do or needs to happen to turn that maybe casual fan right now into a, a more of a hardcore viewer that's going to come back time and time again? 
I think um, as long as it's explained well, right? Uh, in the sense of like they understand the game as well as like uh, incentives in a sense. I think that's like really important for, let's say a casual gamer, not like a person that's like not involved in gaming at all. Let's say for a casual gamer, like um, for instance, in Overwatch League, there were uh, Blizzard uh, tokens basically given, right? Yeah. Um, and people got in-game skins because of it if they watched the stream. And viewership was like really high because of that, but then Overwatch League went over to YouTube, and they don't do that anymore, right? And uh, even though like we're in a you know all quarantined at home, um, Overwatch League uh, viewership has been uh, down like a lot, like actually. So I'm not sure if this affected it a lot, but that definitely helped link uh, the casual viewer as well as embedding like the stream of like let's say you know the competition going on in the actual client itself like when you launch overwatch in the game it should be like that like in league of legends it was like that like where like it would be in the game watch now and then literally like on the home page as soon as you launch the game it's it's there and i think that was very helpful and that's why league had like a really high viewership in comparison uh in my opinion no i think you're 100 percent correct on that and we we talked about that uh uh here months ago when they made that when they made that official announcement about switching over to youtube yeah uh it, it came up about the wait a second so twitch it was the overwatch league tokens you would get them that's going to you know as we see shoot same with the uh, valorant people are going to watch for that chance to yeah. win or gain you know yeah. i am getting something from this as well not only am i getting entertained watching these professionals but i'm also accumulating these tokens that i can then use for for in-game things that's gonna make me want to play the game more like this and that they lost that incentive moving over to youtube my understanding is that they are working on something uh to be able to bring those tokens over to youtube because that's like i mean literally i was more apt to watch it uh when i was getting tokens too i at least have it up you yeah. know what i mean yeah, off yeah, the yeah. side or something Whereas, you know, on, you know, it's like, I try to, but then I forget that it's even on YouTube sometimes. I'm just like, man, I haven't, you know, it's like, I, it feels weird being on YouTube. Going yeah. from uh, Twitch to, to uh, YouTube, it just, you know, it's just a different feel, uh, everything about it. So yeah, it, I, I could see it having that negative impact. Also, also like another thing is, um, so on Twitch, sometimes Overwatch League, or not sometimes, it was just like on the front page, I guess. It was on, if it was on, you know, it was featured. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, if I go to YouTube when it's on, it's, it's it's not featured. Like, you know what I mean? Like, um, I think that's a huge problem, too. So it's like, I guess how it's marketed is very poor, too, on that end. Let, let me ask you guys a quick follow-up on that, then. Um, I'm just curious to get your guys' opinions. So a, a, a basketball fan will generally watch basketball, right? Mm-hmm. And pretty much, if they're not watching the team that they're rooting for the most... They're they're just getting entertainment out of it, right? They're not they're not getting points. They're not accumulating anything. Is there a way to get esports to that point where you're you're building up loyalty to a game or a team that they're going to watch no matter what, just because they're that invested in it? Or is is the incentive going to have to be a part of it for the foreseeable future? Mm, I think storylines matter a lot. For instance, for uh, people players. I think that's really important, um, for sure. But uh, like, for instance, um, do you guys know who Doublelift is by any chance? He's a League of Legends player. Um, basically, what his story was, uh, when he was like, it was season one. This was way back in the day. He got kicked out by his like, he has like his strict Chinese family. Um, got kicked out by his parents basically, 
and uh had to like all he had was his bike basically and um luckily one of the friends from like reddit or something said you can come stay with me just like a random guy and he's like okay uh his name was travis gafford now he's like a really well-known esports journalist and he went and stayed with him and he made it pro basically um despite that and you know like that's his story basically is what got him a lot of follow following and um mm-hmm. he's right now i think the most followed person in league of legends and it's because of his story so i think the story does matter a lot for sure 100 percent. i mean again i need to as a viewer i need to have some investment in the characters in the players in the people you know what i mean it's like again i'm not really you know and this is just a personal thing for me like when i go watching streams and things like that i'm not necessarily watching for gameplay there's some games i just i can't watch (laughs) but you know like for me i'm more there for the community aspect of it i'm there because i enjoy this person and the content or entertainment or whatever and just their story i'm connecting with that person on more of a personal level and i think you you know that's going to draw more casual people into watching that along with and i think they were going in the right direction if you look at it the, the productions uh on these shows are getting bigger and mm-hmm. bigger and bigger so they are going you know and and you know a lot of these uh, uh owners and things like that they have uh, you know, sports teams, professional sports teams that they own as well. So they know how to get that, you know, they, they, they've been doing it for years. Yeah. Uh, and now it's just trying to get that and translate that over to the gaming community and, and building that esports uh, uh, community. You're going to do that with character development yeah. and the people that are playing. Um, and, you know, I think that's and and then what the what the actual show is is it a spectacle? You know, I'm 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 gonna go and check out this spectacle and and watch my favorite player who you know I love this dude because we had a similar uh, you know growing up or something like that. Yeah, or yeah. They came they overcame something powerful. That's yep. where it's gonna it's gonna be successful. Yeah, even for me, like I'm not even like a player right now in uh, Overwatch. Mm-hmm. I'm like I'm just a, a coach, but. Like a lot of my following also came from my story. I noticed like it's a it's a lot of people who like just support like you know what what happened basically and like where I am at now. And I think that's like a really good feeling uh, to have uh, for sure. Like it's it's something that drives me. I'd say for sure. Like uh, the people who have been there like since the beginning, knowing like what had happened and everything. So it's 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 definitely the, one of the best feelings for sure. Do you see? more of a willingness for some of these players to open up. Uh, I, I think at least from, from uh, my limited experience reporting on some esports and from what I'm seeing around is, is players having a hesitancy to share stories or maybe, maybe the, the esports journalism side of it's just not doing a good enough job getting to those stories. But do you see that starting to shift at all? I think it's, it's kind of like a mix of both, right? Um, like for instance, uh, I think marketing is really weak right now. Um, for a lot of the, a lot of the people involved, um, to market, um, their players, staff, well, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, it's not like the, the players are not given an opportunity, right? So sometimes, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be doing interviews, uh, and the players will be doing interviews and then, um, they'll be like, so what did you feel about, you know, this match, this player? And they're like, Oh, it's good. Like that's, that's the answer, right? Oh, it's like a one word answer. I'm like, you know, you have a, you have a, you have a, opportunity you know to to build your brand you don't go yeah it's good like you know then there's some players who trash talk right even if it's just banter as as a joke right and you know that they just like 
we call them stocks basically and <laughs> stonks i guess uh in in overwatch but they, they they go up right because like a lot of people just basically um you know they pull the attention and then even if it's any publicity is good publicity right so there are people who are like well, i can't believe you said that but then there are people like yeah you know we need more of that you know it, it adds a, a certain type of flavor you know um if you if you do that and you know it's, it's just like it's not toxic you know it's it's passion you know, <laughs> you know what i'm saying so yeah so it's like yeah it, it's it's definite um definitely both marketing and like player slash person doing the interview uh too so so you said and, and we've been talking about uh just you know people's story um give us give it what, what exactly is your story what, what do you believe that uh how, how did you get to where you are uh today okay um so this goes back all the way to uh my freshman year of uh university so i come from a uh well indian family and um it's quite strict as well but i remember i was playing league of legends i was getting really good at the game and i'm like hey i, I want to play this uh professionally and this was back in like 2011 um the esports scene wasn't like really even big at all uh and my parents were like what did you just say i'm like <laughs> i i, I want to go like pro i want to do this professionally i want to play video games professionally and you know at the time i was going to school to be a doctor like i was majoring in biology i was doing all that and um my my dad's like okay um get out of college i'm like okay so like oh i'm doing this right he's like no you're going to south america i'm like what and then um he's, he bought me a ticket to south america and then uh, i worked in an office warehouse there and basically i made enough money and uh, i came back to the united states and i realized like i want to do it anyway so um once i made enough money i came and i got a job at allegiant airlines okay to collect more money and um yeah, I did pretty well there. I had a pretty good job, um, but I was only there for a month actually, because I realized like I just I don't want to do this. Like I I wanted to, like do what I want to do, and I left Allegiant Airlines. I followed it anyway, uh, and yeah, it was like a really tough road, but uh, eventually we did make it. So um, I'm happy that I did it. Uh, definitely like hard, but at the same time, like I'm not angry at my parents for that because looking back, it's like. I was a real kid, man. Like I was not independent at all and I wouldn't have made it if that didn't happen. So as much, as much time as I did spend in a, in a working in an office, a warehouse, it was a definitely, um, experience that I needed. I remember like the exact moment that I decided like, Hey, like I want to do this. Um, I was in Chile in South America and, um, I jumped off the Andes mountain with a parachute wow. basically. Yeah. And I know it sounds weird, but like once you see the world, like from that perspective, like, you know, I landed on a beach, but like you see like the the ocean, like you're just dangling in the air. And I'm like, what am I doing here, man? You know what I mean? <laughs> and I was like, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm out of here. And that's, that was the exact moment I knew. That's crazy. How do you think your story would have been different? Like if they would have said, sure, go ahead, try when, when you originally wanted to try, what, what do you think would have been different? Um, you know, it's, it's really hard to say. I think like, I would just would have been hard stuck like tier two. Uh, I just didn't have that. Uh, I wasn't an adult yet. You know, I just played without a goal. I just wasted time playing. Uh, I was really good, but like, there was no clear goal in mind. There was no uh, objective in mind. It was just time wasted, I think, or time spent and then hoping for the best. Whereas like, when I came back, I had like a clear vision of what I wanted to do. And I worked really hard. Like, 
I started making YouTube videos. I remember on my lunch break um, from in Allegiant Airlines, I started writing scripts and I uh, started doing YouTube videos on, on like a series of like coaching and stuff like that, as well as like this playing because I did play first, actually. So I played and then I coached after. So, yeah, it was just definitely um, a learning experience. Are, are they where you're at now? Are they uh, supportive of what you're doing? Have they been able to see, you know, just the the hard work and what you've been able to accomplish? Uh, I think I think they are like uh, more supportive for sure. I can still I can still see that like uh, maybe they're a bit skeptical about gaming itself. Um, like the I guess how do you say it's uh, this job security I guess um, and like how the longevity of like the the field because mm-hmm. um, you know like my, my older brother for instance he's a neurologist and um, like they know he's like good they know that's a good uh, job like he's good but um, you know they're from another generation so it's like really hard for um, I feel like really hard for them to understand fully but I think they I think they're definitely more supportive than before you know, so you decide that you're just going to go for it. You you have that experience, that moment. When when did uh, LA kind of come into play, and how did you originally get kind of get hooked up toward toward uh, joining them? Uh, so I was on the charge, uh, the Guangzhou Charge, which was a Chinese uh, team um, the previous season, and I was only there for stage four, um, in which we went seven and two, which um, was really good considering. Like, so when I joined the team, um, they were seventeenth place. And, um, you know, a lot of the people counted out the team and I think we ended up ninth or eighth. Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, going seven and two and, you know, we almost made it into like, uh, basically top six, two for the playoffs, but we had like an, uh, an unlucky series, um, towards the end, but, um, seven and two really good score, uh, score line. And then like LA, LA was actually a team that I really wanted to join. Um, it's actually my, highest preference of team i guess um for probably the worst reasons in the world but like still like if you guys are curious oh this is gonna sound this is gonna make me look so dumb but like i love the color purple (laughs) yeah i get it i get it i'm a blue guy (laughs) yeah yeah so so i was like you know yeah this is this is my team so uh yeah they they reached out um i got offers from almost every team actually uh I think, um, you know, I was again making YouTube videos and I think like just in word of mouth with like players who've worked with me, uh, they've, they've like said like, oh my God, he's like really good. Like, um, or whatever. Like, um, I know like some of my players, uh, would say like, oh my God, he's like the biggest brain in, in the Overwatch League or whatever. Right. Um, and like that, I guess is like how those teams wanted to reach out to me. They just asked around and yeah. And all honestly, I, I don't view myself like that. I just work. I just study, I guess, uh, and it just comes to me. But um, yeah, that's I think how a lot of the teams decided to reach out. And what what is this experience like? Talk me through, you know, helping to build these strategies and and what what maybe t- take take us through maybe what what a, a typical series is like for you and and how you're kind of adjusting on the fly there. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So a, a lot of this like strategy is basically um, done. Um, in collaboration with players, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not always like it's it's very important to have both perspectives, right? So the players playing the game every day, um, and in the match itself, and then us having this like overhead, our coaching staff having this overhead, so we can see everything in the game, 
and then um you know they can they're experiencing everything in the game and then we collaborate on what we think is uh, happening what they think is happening and then once the perspectives are like combined uh we come to like a conclusion basically and um on top of it yeah we look at the other team um to see like what's working and then for them and what's working for us and then we just consider all the all the variables right mm-hmm. and yeah i think i think that's uh the general gist of like mid-match adjustments and stuff like that in strategy so how excuse me how important is it for you to have that kind of good rapport with these players and to be able to communicate quickly efficiently but also in a way that gets your point across without building up tension or anything like that i think as long as like you you put in the time and you know you're good at your job mm-hmm. uh as simple of an answer is that like i just put in the time and i i, I make sure that like what i say is true um and i kind of like proof test it mm-hmm. which is like you know like in geometry right like if then statements basically mm-hmm. or if and only if i should say statements so like this is good if and only if and then you know just trying to basically build um that uh it's it's really important obviously this has been a weird season just just given all the challenges we're all facing but give us your assessment on the gladiator so far What what are you seeing uh so with with us um so far is like i think we can be uh the the top team in the league for sure i'm not just saying that because like you know everyone's gonna say that about their team but like uh, i'm saying that because you know i I, basically the the fire to win right it has to come from within and i feel like all of our players have it all of our staff have it um except that we haven't been able to to necessarily show like our hundred percent uh you know when we beat shock for instance right Mm -hmm. um who were the champions uh last season um i feel like that was us playing at like 70 percent you know and like other matches like we're not we're not playing like at our at our best right now and it's 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 not necessarily like anyone's fault Mm -hmm. it's just that um you know on the day of like this sure this like i'm not gonna blame uh corona either it's just like we need to just understand how to do better and how to like bring our a game um like our hundred percent i think that on we're doing like a, a good job. Like it's just the start of the season, right? Um, and eventually we will get there. But um, yeah, I, I can't wait to like, you know, compete. Um, you know, in playoffs and and show like people like how good we actually are. What would it take for you guys to bring that A game more consistently? Do you think? Uh, I think it's just experience, really. It's just experience. So again, it's 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 kind of weird with the situation that's going on right now. So it's kind of getting hard to adjust. It's just like experience, or not just with like one person, but with the whole team together. I think once people get more settled, more comfortable, and then um, you know that screenplay does transfer over to like these official matches. I think it'll be like, I, I think it's just a matter of time. And you know, I, I know that that with some of the craziness with Corona, there, can you talk to us a little bit about going through the developments, and especially you know, you're, you guys are in Korea too, and and what that was like and, 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 you know, what, what that moment was when you guys had to, to come home and, and all that. Yeah, that was, that was actually pretty wild. So, um, back then, like Corona was like a meme, like, you know, every, every, and not just right. like for us, like for everyone, they're like, ah, oh, Corona, like a uh, Wuhan, they were calling like Wuhan virus first, I believe. And they were just like, oh, you're going to get Corona. Ah, like, ah, uh, like, you know, like a lot of people were like that. And, um, you know, it, it was kind of seen like that. And then there was like, oh, there's 10 cases in Korea. Ah, uh, you're going to get Corona, right? 
um and you know while we're in korea korea and like oh you're gonna get corona and then it was like 60 and it was like the same thing like oh you're gonna get corona but like oh wait a minute and then um it was like 300 right um and it was just like exploding right and like literally days after day after day and it was like oh shoot mm-hmm. we, we need to we need to get out of here right um so then um basically Seoul had to cancel the homestand uh, which is what we were there for right the homestand game and um you know a lot of these teams put a lot of money into it um so they didn't they didn't really necessarily have to want to do that but like it was necessary right for the safety of everyone but um yeah it was like basically our organization like called us they had a call with us and like okay so um we need to go back and we're like oh, okay cool so you know we'll go back like next week or something right and they're like no you have like an hour to pack Oh wow! And we're like, oh, we're like, oh, sh- um, you know, shoot, like, like we we gotta, we have an hour to pack, and then and then so, um, we had an hour to pack really quickly, and then we just like evacuated. They bought our our same day ticket. We just like left, and um, none of us got corona. But uh, literally, like a few days after, it exploded, like absolutely exploded, like thousands and thousands and thousands of cases, and um, yeah, uh, we literally got out at the exact like time, like. Shout out to Alex Rubens who like, you know, basically got us out there safe. Like otherwise it would have been like a disaster, I think for sure. Or a very high possibility that we got it since we were staying in a public hotel. Right. Yeah. And yeah. And you guys could have potentially gotten locked down uh, over there too. So. Oh, we wouldn't have been able to leave. Yeah. 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 True. 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 Yeah. That's potentially. Crazy. Yeah. Shifting gears a little bit, uh, this week our uh, our our hero bands, no surprise, Echo. <laughs> she is so OP. She is, and she's not OP. I knew, like, obviously in the PTR, she was ridiculous. They did some nerfs to her and whatnot, but uh, she yeah. is definitely. Uh, again, I'm not a DPS player really. I, I play mainly tanks and heals. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, it's like, but she's fun. She's a lot of fun to play. Tracer yeah. uh, also is getting banned this week. Uh, not surprising. Mm-hmm. Our tank is Orisa. That one hurts me because I enjoy playing Orisa. <laughs> uh, however, I mean, she's had she's had so many uh, uh, not buffs but um, nerfs that you know she kind of. I've been leaning away from her and playing a little more uh, Sigma and and uh, Zarya. Uh, as yeah, far yeah. as tanks, you know, and then Moira. So that one hurts too, because Moira, I enjoy playing Moira all the yeah. purple. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but with the, excuse me, there's still Zen and and uh, Lucio and stuff like that. So uh, it'll be an interesting week, but I'm not surprised mm-hmm. that Echo is um, is banned this first week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so funny thing about that. So uh, how hero bands were like dictated. Um, before was like there'd be like a draw basically on stream right where um you know they draw like certain heroes and then that's how they're banned um but the thing is like in the game there'd be a different set of bands and then in overwatch there'd be a different overwatch league there'd be a different set of bands right. so like sometimes the heroes that were banned in the game not in overwatch league were the ones that were like meta you know in scrims meaning um meta meaning like they were always like played they were the best picks right yeah basically you couldn't practice outside of scrims so it was like not it was very counterintuitive for sure. Um so now what they did was basically they're doing using the ranked data to ban the heroes. And you know, obviously Echo is like new, so like everyone wants to play her, and so it's like no surprise like uh she does get banned there. But I, I definitely do think she's a very strong hero, by the way. Like I think insane. Dude, I always feel it, it, I always feel like it's weird though how they introduce 
a new hero in the middle of a competitive season. Yeah. You know, as like that's always kind of felt off to me. I know originally there would be like a good two week period after um, a new hero was released before. So essentially it would leak outside of the competitive window because the competitive window uh, downtime was a lot wider. Uh, you know, when we first started, when they first introduced competitive and stuff like that. So, yeah, it just it all seems kind of off to me because all of a sudden you're bringing in this whole new factor that like you got to. But I mean, it's kind of nice, too, because now everybody has to quickly adjust how you're playing, how you're looking at scenarios and situations because there's this new character that's available. Yeah, I definitely think like, yeah, hero pools uh, do that. But like the new new character introductions, um, the two week thing I liked a lot um, before. But um, yeah, now now it's like like for instance we we don't play like our match uh, a match uh, this upcoming week right mm-hmm. so like we're kind of like getting thrown into it um, so imagine if like for instance if Echo wasn't banned right. um, this week like people scrim on that and we're not we can't because like we we don't have a match so we'd be thrown in and we're not the only team right there are other teams also but like we're just kind of thrown in there. And people have like and a week is a, a long time, by the way. Right. That's the entire like match week, you know. Um, we only have like that much to prepare, so and it's actually not really even that. Like I'd say maybe three or four days. So, um, yeah, that's that's actually insane. Yeah, for sure. No, it totally is. Uh, Curry, where can we find you? What are you doing? I know that uh, you know that uh, obviously you're still. Uh, uh, doing research, uh, doing things with the team. You guys are still going and whatnot. Is there anything that you're working on uh, in the spare in your spare time? I know you stream on Twitch. Uh, you talked about yeah. having YouTube. Yo, let us know. Yeah, yeah. So um, I do do a lot of uh, Twitch streaming uh, right now, uh, for sure. I'm not playing Overwatch much. I'm playing Valorant because, you know, I just I just love, love, love that game. But, like, um, the thing is, like, when I'm stream, um, I have a very good time. You know, I'm a, that's the thing. Like, my players will be like, you know, how come, like, when you're with us, you never smile, you know? And I'm like, and then well, when you're, like, on, on stream or, like, when when we run into you in a game, you're just, like, the biggest freaking troll, like, we've ever seen, you know? <laughs> like, I'm just I'm just having a good time, you know? I'm screaming, I'm, I'm doing everything. Um, and I'm like, wait, I, I do that? But I, I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, like, I, I am completely, like, I guess, like, a completely different uh, person. Right. Um, definitely on Twitch. But, um, yeah, I do I do stream a lot on uh, Twitch, uh, on CurryShot TV. It's just my name and then TV at the end of it. And then on YouTube, um, same thing. Curry shot him, make a lot of like uh, videos. I have like a, a team that uh, edits videos and stuff like that and just throw them on there. Um, and then, yeah, on, on Twitter as well, it's like the easiest way to like connect with me where like, you know, I will respond to people. DMs are open. Curry shot TV, same thing. Awesome. I think that is going to do it for us here at Lamb Parties. Uh, again, Curry, thank you so much for uh, joining us. Uh, glad you're healthy. Glad you guys are here. Good luck on the rest of the uh, uh, your league matches. We got to We definitely got to do this again. Uh, do some jibber jabbing. We we appreciate you coming on. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was definitely fun, and uh, hopefully we can do this again. It's good talking to you guys. Absolutely. That's gonna do it for episode 14 of Lamb Parties. We'll see you guys real soon. We love your face.